let's begin. Psalm 76. For the music director to be accompanied by stringed instruments. A psalm of Asaph, a song. God has revealed himself in Judah. In Israel, his reputation is great. He lives in Salem. The place of the refuge of the Lord is in Salem, and his lair is in Zion. He dwells in Zion. There he shattered the arrows, the shield, the sword, and the rest of the weapons of war. The brave-hearted were plundered. They fell asleep. All the warriors were helpless. At the sound of your battle cry, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse fell asleep. You are awesome. You are awesome. Yes, you who can withstand your intense anger. From heaven you announced that their punishment would be, and the earth was afraid and silent. When God arose to execute judgment and to deliver all the oppressed of the earth, certainly your angry judgment upon men will bring you praise, and you reveal your anger in full measure. Make vows to the Lord your God and repay them, and let all those who surround him Bring tribute to the awesome one. He knows how to humble the princes and the kings of the earth regard him as awesome. Amen. I 
lift you up, God. I lift your name, magnify you. In all your ways, I trust you. And I lay down the way I want to do it. All to praise, all to praise your name, all to praise, all to praise your name. With a grateful heart, we choose to celebrate, oh, oh, come Holy Spirit, take control, come cultivate my heart and soul, come have your way, come have your way.
song of praise Send your fire down onto the altar Consume the sacrifice Let the incense keep rising higher Let it draw us next to you Till we enter into the bosom of the wondrous heart of the Father. As the Son, we lay down our life in surrender. As the Son, we lay down our lives in surrender. Oh, we surrender.
Isaiah chapter 46. Bell kneels down and Nebo bends low. Their images weigh down the animals and the beasts. Your heavy images are burdensome to tired animals. Together they bend low and kneel down and they're unable to rescue the images. They themselves are headed off into captivity. Listen to me, old family of Jacob. All you who are left from the family of Israel, you the remnant of Israel, you have been carried even from your birth. And you who have been supported by the time you left the womb. Even when you are old, I will take care of you. And even when you have gray hair, I will carry you. I made you and I will support you. And I will carry you and I will rescue you. The Lord says, to whom can you compare and liken me? Tell me whom you think I resemble so that I can be compared to. Those who empty out gold from a purse and weigh out silver on a scale and hire a metal smith who makes it into a god and bow down and worship it. They put it on their shoulder and carry it. They put it in its place and it stands there. It does not move from its place. But even when someone cries out to it, it will not reply. And it will not deliver from distress. Remember this, so you can be brave. Think about it, you. You who are returning to the Lord. Remember what I accomplished in antiquity. Truly I am God. And I have no peer. I am God and there is none like me. I announce the end from the beginning and I reveal beforehand what has not yet occurred. Who says, my plan will be realized and I will accomplish what I desire. I'm the one who summons an eagle from the east, from a distant land. I'm the one who will carry out my plan. And yes, I have decreed. Yes, I will bring it to pass. I have formulated a plan, and yes, I will carry it out. Listen to me. Listen to me if you've been dealing with being faint-hearted. Listen to me, you who have been distancing yourself from doing what is right. I will bring deliverance. My deliverance is near. It's not far away. I'm bringing my salvation near. It does not wait. And I will save Zion. Oh. And I will adorn you with splendor.
come to entertain the people in the court. I'm here to please the king. I want to love on you, Lord. I did not come to camp outside and view you through a haze. I've got to look into your eyes in the holy come to entertain the people in the court I'm here to please the king I want to love on you Lord I did not come to camp outside and view you through a haze I've got to look into your eyes in the holy place in the holy There's no going back to where I've been Cause you're in me and I am free from sin I'm pressing on And I'm pressing on And I'm pressing on I'm pressing on And I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you, Jesus I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you, Jesus I fix my eyes on the prize I'm looking at you The spirit of Jesus Christ is flowing in my veins I did not come to bow down and give in to fear of man I'll prophesy and sing a new song I'm gonna dance your dance I'm gonna dance your dance There's no going back to where I've been Cause you're in me and I am free from sin I'm pressing on and I'm pressing on and I'm pressing on I'm pressing on I fix my eyes on the prize. 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 
fix my eyes on the prize. What is the prize? What is the prize? What is the prize? Oh, I may see you and I may worship you and I may praise you. Oh, oh, I fix my eyes on the prize. I'm looking at you, Jesus. Fix my eyes on the prize. I'm looking at you. Fix my eyes on the prize. I'm looking at you. Jesus, fix my eyes on the prize. I take my eyes off the world and off the ocean. I take my eyes off the mountains, off the valleys, and off the sea. I put my eyes where it should have always been. I fix my eyes on the source of everything. I fix my eyes on the prize. Oh, I fix my eyes on the prize. Oh, I fix my eyes on the prize. I fix my eyes, I fix my eyes, I fix my eyes. Oh, there's nothing in the world that can satisfy. So I fix my eyes on the only true prize. Pressing, 
It's always bigger on the inside
I did not come to almost make it to the finish line. And we did not come just to placate church. Oh, we don't come with our own mind.
Jeremiah 33, verse 6. But I will most surely heal the wounds of this city, and I will restore it, and this people I will restore to hell. I will show them abundant peace and security. I will restore Judah and Israel, and I will rebuild them as they were in the days of old. And I will purify them from all the sin they've committed against me. And I will forgive all your sins that you've sinned against and rebelled against me. And all the nations will hear about all the good things which I will do to you. This city will bring me fame, honor, and praise before them for the joy that I will bring into it. And the nations will tremble in all at the peace and the prosperity. I receive your word, Lord. Peace and prosperity on your house and on this city, Lord. We receive your word. I, the Lord, say you and your people are saying about this place that it lies in ruins, that it's an ash heap, that there's no people or animals in it, and that is true. And the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem have soon to be desolate and uninhabited by either people or animals. But happy sounds. But happy sounds will again be heard in these places. And once again, there will be sounds of joy and gladness and glad celebration of the bride and the bridegroom. But there will again be in it, and in his town sheepfolds, where shepherds can rest their sheep. I, the Lord, say, the shepherds will once again count their sheep as they pass into the fold. And they will do this in all the towns in the southern hill country, and the western foothills, and the southern hill country, and the territory of Benjamin and the villages surrounding Jerusalem and all the towns. Oh, we've waited for this day. Oh, we've been through it, Lord, with you. 
that we long for this day where you would testify. Majestic one, you're the glory, you're the glory, you're the glory. Mm. I worship you, O oh King. Oh, you're our Savior and our Lord. We bring you praise and honor and glory that you do. Oh, I magnify you, Lord. Magnify your name, Lord. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the King, oh you kings, magnify the King, oh you kings, magnify the King, who is like the great shepherd, who is like the warrior that could never be defeated, oh. He will arise with healing in his wings, the son of righteousness, the champion. Oh, the slayer of death, the Wave your palms and lift a voice, sing a song, and dance a dance. Oh, on the donkey he comes, but that donkey is a stallion. Oh, he's a stallion. So he comes to rule.
promises of God are yes and amen unto the glory operating in you, unto the glory flowing through you. The promises of God, the promises of God are yes and amen unto the glory, the glory flowing through you. I say all the promises of God are yes. He's the promise and he's the earth. All the promises of God, all the promises of God are yes. yes. Say it. Yes. Yes. All the promises. Yes. All the promises of God are yes. I declare the promises of the Lord. Oh, I declare the promises of God over you. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're the yes and the amen, Lord. Oh, you're the promise, Lord. You're the everlasting promise, Lord. You're the glory, Lord. You're the glory. Oh, yes, 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 Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Faithful forever. Faithful. 
just and mighty ruler, faithful and true, mercy and loving kindness, righteousness and peace and peace and peace and peace and peace oh there will be no end to your peace oh your government Psalms 47, all you nations, clap your hands. Shout out to God in celebration. All you nations, clap your hands. Clap them. Shout out to God in celebration for the sovereign Lord. Is all inspiring and he's a great king who rules the earth. Let this nation be subdued under you, Lord. And continue it under our feet. He's picked out for you a special end. Be a source of pride for Jacob, whom he loves. God has ascended his throne amid the loud shouts. The Lord has ascended his throne amid the blaring of the ram's horns. Sing to God. Sing. Sing to our king. Sing. For God is the king of the whole earth. Sing a well-written song. God reigns over the nations and God sits on his holy throne 
The nation nobles have assembled along with the people of the God of Abraham. For God has authority over the rulers of the earth. I highly exalt your name. Be exalted, Lord, in this house. Be exalted, Lord. the mercy I will sing of the greatness I will sing of you I will sing of your name be exalted O King O King be exalted O King O King be exalted be exalted Oh 
Amen. Awesome. Stephen, I asked him how he felt, and he said it was better to enter the kingdom maimed. (laughs) 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 Not enter in at all. It's like, here we go. You know, like, oh, hell, we made it in. (laughs) One arm, one leg, one eye missing, but all been cast out so they wouldn't offend the Lord. (laughs) Right? Yes, amen. Ooh, that was awesome, wasn't it? I'm sure you experienced that. Oh, we've waited on this day to come. The words like, I will avenge the afflicted. And I was like, well, I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) You know, because heads down, people going through stuff, all of us being challenged, right? You've been challenged. I'm sure you've been challenged a lot. You know, when God's hesed, when the hesed shows up, it's challenging because of his love. And he's showing and exposing everything that doesn't look like him. We might get his hesed a little bit confused. Might think that hesed makes me feel better. But not always, because if it doesn't look like him, it might not feel so good. He's challenged us. And hey, you've, you've come out not wanting, but having him. And wasn't that the whole purpose? Isn't it our purpose to know him, to be found in him, that he would receive the glory and the honor? Now, all of our ideas about caves, cathedrals, closets, and castles are all context or structures. They're irrelevant to the uncreated God who wants to know himself in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? Whew. Oh, man, thank you, Lord. He's the yes and the amen. Oh, I've never even asked for an amen before, but I'll ask for one this morning. There's a word. He's the promise and the oath. He's the vow that we all made. He's the one who keeps and is faithful. He's the righteous glory one. Yeah. <laughs> I like Zion and I don't want anything to do with Sinai, Kelly Manning. <laughs> You know, I know she's into that. And the Lord told me today, he said, I will specially touch you, Miss Manning. And I said, okay, so if it didn't happen today, it will. Uh, because the Holy Spirit's like, I'm going to do something for her. And I said, okay. And uh, so be blessed this week. And all of that, I'm sure that you've experienced his blessing today. I am a, was wondering, you know, what do I do? And I've found that it's not necessarily always good for me to prep for sermons because it can become a little bit heady and intellectual if I do. So I decided today, since most people don't understand me anyway sometimes, that I'm not going into my head, I'm just gonna remain in the spirit, which I've wanted to do. And I pray that this will bless you today. And I'm sure you can tell when the anointing is an operation and also when you're just like trying to grit your teeth and bear it. <laughs> you know, there's a difference. So we're going to go into Daniel chapter 2 today, is what he said to me. You preach Daniel 2. I said, yes, sir. Whatever you say, Lord. Uh, Jeff Manning, he, but he turned 55 last Sunday. And I was thinking about who he is and appreciating their family and 
our, all these years together and we turned 55 and the Lord's like, send him Zechariah 4.7. And I said, okay, I'll send him 4.7. And I, if you've read Zechariah 4.7, do you know it? Or maybe they could bring it up. But it says, what are you, O great mountain? Because of Zerubbabel, you will become a level plain. You will bring forth the temple capstone with the shouts of grace, grace. And Melinda uh, and Steve uh, called me this week and, or I called them and then because announcing our transition and things, I wanted them to know because we're headed to another facility. Not, um, actually I sent this out wrong because I got a call or a text message about it late last night or later last night. We will be here one more week and we will finish the series Avenger of the Afflicted Vision number two that we're into right now, the series that we're in. We'll finish it one more week here and then we'll transition over to uh, where uh, Steve and Melinda and Stephen and Jennifer and their families were all leading for the Lord years ago, uh, the Mountain Vintage facility. And I was, you know, extremely excited about that as the Lord set that up and set that in place. Anyways, and I was talking to them on the phone. I think Steve was the first person I called out of our, our whole leadership team. I was like, I wanted him to know because it's very special to me that the Holy Spirit is saying, go there because of the groundwork that they had laid in the spirit and it before the Lord. And no one can understand that. But what they've done as a family and a whole Scrog family and how the Lord's taken us back there, just like he did for the Moffat family that brought us back here to SDA Arden from 11 years ago. I was trying to bring the ox cart in, or excuse me, the ark of God in on an ox cart. And that didn't work. <laughs> but, you know, I remember standing up 35 liters and whatever people out there, we're gonna take this city for Christ. You know, it's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> we got healings and miracles and vision and everything that you need to like take the whole nation maybe. And the Lord's like, not that way, you know. And so I'm gonna run, he's gonna run his own show. Back to Steve and Melinda. Melinda says, uh, Carol, I had this dream or vision. Yeah, vision, you're carrying this stone around. And it's been a, a wait for you. And you, you know, I'm gonna paraphrase what you said. Um, it says, you don't have to carry that, that stone anymore. That stone's gonna follow. And I said, oh man. And it took me to Corinthians 10. The rock that followed them was Christ. And I, you know, you know me. I know you, you know me. I'm like, push, 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 push. Get her done, make it happen. All these years, like, in other words, like, lean back, lean back, lean back. You know, stop leading it, just lean back and rest. You know, I'm like, we can't let go of the vision of the Lord. He's going to take the whole nation. We're getting awakened. I'm not letting go. Let me have it. Let me have it. You know, you, know, you guys know what I mean? Sinai works with leaning in. Zion works with leading back, probably. <laughs> it's like, rest in the Lord. Just further, you know. Rest, just rest in the Lord and let the Lord do his work, right? So when she told me that, I said, oh, that's that capstone. That's that Zechariah 4, 7 word. And the capstone will be brought forward. And we did it this morning. You're doing it whether you realize it or not with shouts of. It's not by might. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that we don't have to make it happen, do it, but we, God in his sovereign will has united us and will out of rest bring forward this move of the spirit in our city. And the promise came down on us this morning. Those texts, I didn't pre-record those, know those. I heard those. 
It's like God himself is saying, look, oh, yeah, you got heaven to earth reality. You have heaven to earth. You have my kingdom. You know, hey, you little flock, take what you have and give it to the poor. It's the Father's good pleasure to what? Give it to you. Give it to you, Tom McManus. Give it to you. You know, work for it, lean in. No, lean back. Rest in me. Rest in the Lord. (laughs) The ones who rest are blessed. You know, some great heads of state, was it Winston Churchill? He stayed in his bed till 12 o'clock every day. Ran the whole nation off, the, off his bed. Daniel got a lot of work done. I don't know how he did it, administrating a whole kingdom, spending three times a day praying. How did he administrate a whole kingdom out of that much prayer life? He loved to be with the Lord and the Lord worked through him because this light operates through you and it changes the life and world around you. Hey, old things have to pass away. Behold, everything becomes new. Why? Because the light that's in you. That's the yes and the amen unto the glory of God that's operating in you. What? Light's breaking forth. And out of light, everything around you has to shift. It has to change. Those broken things don't get upset. You know, Stephen told me one time, he's like, you know, we're pressing into light, pressing more into the kingdom. We're resting more in the kingdom. And uh, things kept breaking all around him. And he said, I just throw the next thing on the trash heap. I said, good, let the old things be gone. Let the Lord equip you with something new. Because the more light that's inside of you, the glory operating in you, when you're yes and amen to the promise of God that he's given you, everything around you has to shift. And the old has to go. It has to. I've watched more mechanical things break down and this breakdown, you go try to rescue it and fix it, forget it. Sell it off, get rid of it, give it away, take it to goodwill, throw it away, get it out of your life because God won't go where you're headed because you're headed into the new. You're headed into something new. And don't be afraid because the Father will take care of you. The Father loves you. The Father loves us. The Father's manifest glory operating in you will take care of everything that you need for life and godliness. So let the old be done with and press in or rest in. Thank you, Lord, corrected me. Rest into the new. Rest your way into the new. You're being shifted right now. Uh, I know my parents are. You know, many of you, you've got to allow the shifting to come into your life out of what you've been in, let go of it and let the Lord bless that season that was in your life and come into that which is brand new. Do not, do not hold on to the past and the way that it's looked anymore, but behold, I declare, and we said this uh, months ago, I declare, Jesus said this, write it down, make it plain from his throne seat, I declare, I'm making all things new. As soon as the king sits down in his chair, that's the first thing he says. I declare to you that. Don't suffice and try to hang on to that concepts of the past. You know, you're not trying to reinvent the 80s or the 70s. Let Woodstock go. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's okay to cut your hair. No, it's okay not to cut your hair. Okay, I mean, where would stock go? Let let the big hairspray hair go. No, just let the neon go. Let it go. You're in 2023. Let the past go. Don't let it define you. Let the Lord define who you are. And you might be peculiar. <laughs> you might be different. You might be characterized by, you know, by some other uh, way that you are. You know, people want to hang on to that. You let social, we let social norms and everything define us. Stop all that. Let the Lord define you. Step out into the new you, like this string that was plucked in your heart, X2M112, uh, Melinda. She said a string was plucked in her heart. She said, I realized there was a Melinda in there that I did not even know. I said, oh, yes. His light comes in, boom, radiation. <gasps> Who is this person that I am? Anybody ever woke up before and forgot your name? <laughs> I don't know if that's PTSD or, or amnesia or what it is, but... <laughs> Uh, have you ever forgot who you were? Well, maybe it's time to forget the old and press into the new. What is that, Tom? Ready for a new name. Ooh, I like that. Ready for a new name with a hay on the end of it. Abraham and, and Sarah, father of a multitude, princess of a multitude, you know. All right. Because... In this Daniel 2, and I, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian system is always, and I, I believe this about Babylon, that Babylon is always the bling bling of the thing that used to be. It's bling bling because, and I don't know if you've ever seen anybody, we experienced this before, but I knew like some Mennonites one time and they got them a SUV and they put some bling bling wheels on it. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Still got the head covering and they're going around with the bling bling wheels. And I was like, you guys got to let go of Babylon. <laughs> hey, no offense if you got bling bling wheels. Don't worry about it. I mean, if they're, you know, glistening and stuff. But I, to me, Babylon, it defines or is a period of time where we're trying to, so to speak, keep up with the Joneses bling bling outward appearance thing. When God meant for there to be some internal reality that shines out of you that defines the reality that's around you. Babylon is, the, is, that, is that nature of saying that this defined us, this structure of this concept or context that I've self-created and tried to get attention from or ex- so that someone else will notice me. It's based in the outward appearance. It's based in uh, framing ourselves into an outward reality and saying, this is what brings attention. And out of this attention or image, I'll be able to project such that image out of myself that it will actually help the situation I'm operating in. For instance, um, maybe this will be the solution to my health dilemma. Maybe this will be the solution to my wealth dilemma. Maybe this will be the solution to my relational dilemma, if I can project image, I can project something from myself in my title or entitlement. If I can make a projection, Babylon is saying project out image and out of that you will get the reality of this wealth, health, relational thing and it'll happen for you in your life 
you know, tack this thing on the end of my name, tack it on the front of my name, whatever. If I could get my name built in white somehow, out of that name, it will produce the thing that I'm looking for in my life. Babylon is ready to do that. And, and I don't know, you know Hezekiah, who we found out recently, I think I mentioned it publicly, Hezekiah was given this attestation, I don't know if that's the right word, but he, it was attested about him by the Lord and by the prophetic voice that uh, Hezekiah um, turned, uh, excuse me, uh, trusted the Lord with all his heart. Well, he had one major issue. He opened that temple up and showed those Babylonians all that gold inside. He wasn't thinking multi-generationally. He was like, hey, look, let me show you something. And when he did, you know, as you know, later on, the Babylonians are going to come into, uh, and sack Judah. Zedekiah, his whatever great, 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 great grandson or something like that, is going to have his eyes put out because what? The generation now is focused more on what it can see externally than the uncreated God who they were meant to behold internally in relation to him. Will God bring the external into reality from, from the internal work of his spirit? Yes. Yes, I'm not anti that. I don't think scripture bears that out. Jesus demonstrated the kingdom time and time again that the internal reality would manifest itself in an external motif. Look at fig tree, you know. That fig tree's not blossoming, like curse it. Interestingly enough, it's, that's what's given to Hezekiah to heal him and give him 15 years of extended life, a fig poultice. Because that's what happened in the fall, ladies and gentlemen. In the fall, man began to cover themselves with an outward image to project something out, protect themselves from the uncreated God, put a protection in, and we took that image. It got put over our minds and our consciousness. And that we have thought, that image, that fig tree, or those garments, we thought that that was what defined us and made us who we are. <clears throat> no, it's... It's God's light, God's glory, God's light manifesting itself in your life by the Father, relating with the Father out of Zion that heaven comes to earth. And so God is, by his kavod, by his own glory, has been bringing us out of Babylon, bringing us out of projected imaging, imaging that would, we thought, maybe we didn't even understand this, that it would get us that health desire, that wealth need, those pay your bills, you know, those things. And then also how I can actually build relationships within community. No, what you want is you want the kavod of God's glory to come down and expose all of it. You don't want any more of a fig leaf on you. Please stay cloaked. <laughs> We're speaking spiritually here. But we don't want any more covering that Sinai produced, and we don't want any more of this because we have found that this, this uncreated one, this life of God, wants to express his life in you, through you, unto, unto himself. And that's what he's been doing with us here for the last nine weeks. He told me, you stay this course, I promise you I'll do something here. I'll bring y'all closer together than you've ever been. I'll do it by my love, my loving kindness and my faithfulness. I'll take off the image issues. I'm gonna deal with it. I'm gonna deal with you. I'm gonna come and expose your pres presumptions and your pretentiousness and all of your stuff so that I can shine out of you. 
Arise and shine. <laughs> Your light has come. Amen. Because, yeah, let Babylon burn and all its pretentious nonsense. Let the false image be dealt with. And yes, we see it in ourselves. We see it in others. And yes, maybe we're right. Maybe we see it. But, but maybe we should see him. <laughs> seeing us, seeing him. Maybe stop looking at everybody else in context of whatever and look at the Lord. And when it hurts, you know, I, I know because I've been in ministry a while and you get hurt a lot. A lot of people have a lot of things to say about you that don't feel good. And you can either be like, oh, Lord, I repent, or, you know. It hurts when God comes near a lot of times. It's the beauty of him because he wants to expose. Because he wants to bring his light, his Christology, his divine nature into you and create a radiation. Live the fullest life you could ever live. And you, you are... And I just want to congratulate all of you for staying the course in this. Now, I'm so blessed to call you friend. So people have been writing me sir and saying sir to me a lot lately. I'm like, I just turned 47 yesterday. I'm not a sir. Uh, don't call me sir. Someone wrote that on my Facebook wall. I was like, don't, you know, don't call me sir. You know, what are you doing? Like, yes, sir. I was like, I was called that in my early 20s in the Air, or late 20s in the Air Force, but let's just be friends. You know, someone wrote me from Texas last night, sir, and I said, stop it, stop it. 47 years old, just like a baby, you know. We're just getting started. And uh, you that are in your 80s, you're just getting started too, <laughs> Nolan's. <laughs> and if you ever grab Richard Nolan, you'll know what I'm talking about because he's like all muscle. You know, if you start in 1975, I think he told me, he started eat, changing his diet. Well, whatever diet you're on, I want to be on it too. <laughs> like a ripped man. Okay, Daniel 2. This is a little warm up. Babylon. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and he's looking for an interpretation. Let me see where I want to get started here. So it, I'm not going to start at the very beginning of it, but I'm going to go down to 19. And in a night vision, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. So Daniel praised the God of heaven saying, let the name of the God be praised forever and ever for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes times and seasons. He deposes some kings and establishes others. He gives wisdom to the wise. He imparts knowledge to those with understanding. He reveals the deep and the hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and light what resides Light resides with him. Yeah, you heard me last week say, I didn't know what you know, Winston Churchill was saying when he says, well, maybe we can figure out this thing about Russia, but it's like a, he called it a riddle inside of a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Well, right there it is. He reveals the deep and hidden things and he knows what's in the darkness. In the middle of it, in the middle of the darkness, because God dwells in a thick cloud, Solomon said that, Moses said that, in the middle of it is this light. And Moses says, I'm gonna go into the darkness where what? God is. God, uh, James bears out, God is light, right? I believe it's James 1, 17. 
uh, 16, something right there. He's saying that he's light and in him is no variable or shadow of turning. Uh, God himself is light. And Daniel has a revelation of this light that God dwells in and is. That he's the light. A light resides with him. 23, O God of my fathers, I acknowledge and glorify you for you have bestowed wisdom and power on me. Now you've enabled me to understand what is requested from you. For you've enabled me to understand the king's dilemma. I think there's a very interesting comment that's being made there. And Nebuchadnezzar doesn't seem to be God. He says here, he says, you've enabled me to know what is coming uh, to that man, enabled me to understand what I've requested from you. I've requested from you what? That I could have the interpretation of his dream. And so you've enabled me with this. So Daniel goes to see Arioch, whom the king appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He came and he said to him, don't destroy the wise men of Babylon, escort me to the king and I will disclose the interpretation to him. So Arioch quickly up ushered Daniel into the king's presence saying to him, I've found a man from the captives of Judah who can make known the interpretation of the king. And the king then asked Daniel, whose name was also built to Shazar, are you you able to make known to me the dream that I saw as well as the interpretation? Daniel replied to the king, the mystery that the king is asking about is such that no wise man, astrologer, magician, or diviner can possibly disclose it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the time to come. The dream and the visions you had while lying on your bed are as follows. As for you, O king, while you're in your bed, your thoughts turn to future things. The revealer of mysteries has made known to you what will take place. As for me, the mystery was revealed to me not because I possess more wisdom, than any other living person, so that the king may understand the interpretation and comprehend the thoughts of your mind. You, O king, were watching as a great statue, one of impressive size and extraordinary brightness, standing before you, its appearance caused alarm. As for that statue, its head was of gold, its chest were of bronze, excuse me, arms were of silver, its belly and thighs were of bronze. His legs were of iron, his feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. Sound like today? Iron right base red, clay left base blue. Just saying, because I want to get that into your consciousness. You're watching as a stone was cut out, Melinda. It was cut out from a very high mountain. Listen to this, but it was not made with human hands. Kind of harking into Hebrews, I don't dwell in temples, what? What house, 2 Samuel chapter 7, what house will you build for me? What are you gonna do for me? I don't dwell in temples made with man's hands. I never have, I never will. That's not the way this thing's gonna go. Jesus in uh, Philippians uh, chapter two, verse seven, what really brought us here together with uh, Nathan Jodry and Ridgeline. They encountered robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, came in a form and likeness of man. 
He, he didn't count his equality with God as something to be grasped. Even the very God man will not grasp with his own hands. I only do what I see my father doing. The stone that is being spoken of here, same one that we see in Zechariah 4, 7, the capstone. It's the stone that the builders rejected. Psalms 118, right? Am I in the right place, Janie? Psalms 118. The stone that the builders rejected, the apostolic team rejected. Not maybe God's apostolic team. The Freemasons rejected and the Illuminati and the Bilderbergs and all those guys rejected. The ones who are building empire, building world systems, rejected. Why? Because there's no real sure footing. Your security is found in the heavens. Oh, I'm going up to a rock that's higher than I. Oh, man. Whew. Oh, man, I feel that. There's one who's higher than me. There's one reaching up into the heavens, one born out of the heavens, one seated in heavenly places in Christ, not one trying to find their security here on the earth and never be able to build anything. God's advancing a kingdom here, a kingdom Kingdom that is going to be set up for everlasting that will never end. We, the church, and I was guilty of it. Maybe all of us have been guilty of it. I'm going to put my hands on it. I'm going to get it done for the Lord. I, 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 instead of Lord, I'm putting my hands behind my back because I found out, hey, you're not going to come and hang out with a bunch of people who are trying to do this thing out of their own works and their own effort. Instead of leaning in, you're going to lean back and you're going to rest in the sovereign move of the Lord in this generation. Um, That's how um, uh, J. Hudson Taylor and uh, was it was that uh, China Inland Mission? That's what he found out. And man, they started advance the gospel. He found out that finished work, that work that Christ has already done. I know you've heard that. I'm sure you've all heard to tell us that. You've heard the finished work message, all of that. But I have to say that, and this has been very difficult for me personally, to sit and wait on the Lord in the context of not knowing where you're going to live or where you're going to go or how you're going to get provision and wait before the Lord and say, I'll do nothing unless you do it first. <laughs> and We are never going to see the kingdom of God advance on any other principle but that one because he's the one that's going to have to lead it, right? It's going to have to be, you know. I don't want to get up here and preach something I don't live. Someone else can do it. Someone else should be a preacher or a teacher of the word of God. If they can live it, if if I get back into doing it with my own strength and out of my own might, I quit because I already was doing that. And that, listen, we're not going to be able to advance on a principle of trying to find security and stability in a world-based system when God himself is saying that's not the way this thing's going to operate. All we do is get into blue and the red. There's nowhere else to go, right? You have to make a decision, don't you? And you're going to choose a right-based or a left-based decision if you don't have his hesit. His loving kindness comes down on your head. Oh, man, oh, oh, man. We were driving out of Sapphire yesterday. 
And uh, Wendy Todd sent me a song, and I played that, man. I was like, oh, your loving kindness, oh, my Lord. Every time you come, like you did this morning, every time we worship you, and every time we enter into the place, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make, I just enter in, right? And you enter in, and the kingdom of God advances off worship and praise, not off of, I'm gonna try to get this done. No, I'm gonna do what I see my father doing and that's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna wait on the Lord. He says, uh, he says, you're watching as this stone was cut out. But not by human hands. And it struck the statue of iron and clay the clay feet, and it broke it into pieces. I declare to you from the Lord, this is not just a sermon on Daniel 2 today. I'm telling you from the Lord. He woke me up yesterday and today, and he came to me and he talks to me during the week. He talks to you, I'm sure, as well. He wakes me up sometimes 3.30 in the morning, I got something I need to say to you. I'm not preaching something today that isn't in reality happening in our midst. It's time, guys. This isn't some sort of like, okay, I'm gonna give you a prophetic layout on Daniel 2. No, 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 let Daniel 2, let the reality of the capstone come forward today. I got so excited yesterday, and this goes with uh, Jeff Manning. The Lord wakes me up, he said, what, you, you know, you're in, I'm, I'm literally waking up in Sapphire, North Carolina. And he says, what, Zachariah 4, 7, same thing you sent to Jeff, a shout of grace, grace yesterday. And I said, oh. And he said, and happy birthday, you turned 47. 4, 7, 47. I was, I was like, me and my brother, we're fully connected here. And you can shout the grace, grace, and we'll bring this thing out. And the word's like, hey, Y'all know, look on the back of your $1 bill. Do y'all know how special the capstone is? The rock who is Christ, the reality of the God-man coming into our midst, what we've all longed for, um, Christ in you, the one that was rejected by men, that he found him a people like my kids yesterday are like, how's your birthday, Dad? Best day I've ever had. Best birthday I've ever had. I, I was so excited yesterday. I'm like sitting in Sapphire uh, with a capstone message. And I said, oh, <laughs> the rock, you know, the Sapphire throne. Yes, Lord, yes, yes, the capstone. This was the thing everybody didn't want. They didn't want to be left high and dry. And, you know, our family's high and dry. We don't know where we Thank God we have a place to stay this week. But we had no way to do, you know, and the words provided. I was like, oh man, Lord. He said, no, I'm carving out something in your midst that I'm going to bring down empire with. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to bring down the blues and the reds and establish a royal family. I've got a royal family in your midst. I brought the Israel of God together and we are one. 
You, the remnant of Israel, like I read this morning, (laughs) watch this advance. God, out of not doing it yourself, is going to strike that system, that dirty, filthy system, that hateful thing, that worthless thing that was born out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and establish a tree of life in our midst where glory and praise and honor goes to our king. Oh, and love pours forth and lives and families are eternally changed. Oh, get ready to reap a harvest. <laughs> get ready to see him move. He's been working on a capstone. He's been working on a family. He's got us a family of God. He's got someone... Uh, we're not playing games. No, we're not. And then so the iron and clay, the bronze, silver, and gold were all broken in pieces and had no, without distinction and became like chaff of the summer, threshing floors that the wind carries away. Not a trace of them could be found. I'm in here, uh, you know, X2 M 112. Lord comes in, <gasps> I'm like, oh gosh. And my I told you as my eyes flash and I see a whole blue environment in here. And I said, what in the world? It's, I've told this story, but it is so profound to me. All the pews disappear, everything disappears. All I see is little rock outcroppings and things. And I knew, and the Lord let me know this. I read a little Meredith Klein on this, but he's like, this consummation is upon us where we will begin to behold heaven on earth. The heaven is all around us and we'll access through to the kingdom and we'll see like our Lord saw and sees and we'll access into a realm and we'll be able to work with a realm that is not this facility and our vehicles and everything, but there is a realm called the kingdom of heaven that is all around us right now and you and I, because of what Jesus has done, has given us full access into it. And that was the thing that the builders rejected. It was that man could finally behold a realm, a kingdom realm that was all around us and work with it in conjunction with it and be consummated in it and know it. And I saw it, it was in my eyes and I said, man, what is this like a blue world? I thought it was green and heaven was on earth. And I knew that things weren't even built yet. You know, uh, they're trying to do this with, uh, what's that called, the meta, meta, meta thing and feta, uh, feta uh, Facebook? <laughs> feta, meta, jetta, neta, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the Lord's like Teva, <laughs> you know, anything that's not made with human hands. That's what Teva means. And here, forget your meta, get Teva. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll reference this back in my notes now because it's coming to me, but let me see if I can pull this up. Oh, Lord, be with this. I just want to demonstrate this a little bit about the juxtaposition of of kingdom versus as great as as great as Solomon's house was and the one biggest issue with that house was that house never got into this consummation that I'm speaking of to you now. As great as the glory of, of the temple was. The people were still left bereft of the access of the kingdom of heaven. It's it's going to be Jesus that's going to come, that's going to provide entry to or consummate a kingdom all around us that we can have access to. 
that no longer will our vision be blurred and we only see this Babylonian pretentious nonsense, but we'll begin to behold into some realm and have access into it and not just hear about it, but see it. You know, he told me years ago, he says, sheep hear, but kings see. And you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. We've been living way down beneath what our privilege and access through Christ is. Why? The fabric of uh, the soul that's not been willing to say, Lord, strip off the layers of the old man and place me into the new. I love the song Stephen was playing about taking away the sin consciousness that uh, Hebrews 10 speaks of. Now, I told you about the preacher I met down in Greenville. It told me I can't even continue. He's a Presbyterian pastor. I will, and he did. He, he kept his word. I will quit preaching because I cannot get into there'll be no more consciousness of sin. He said, I, I've preached my way to a point and I cannot buy into that. And I can't agree with preacher. At least the man's honest. But what of us? Are we gonna believe the text? Are we gonna let a sin consciousness pervade our mind from a guilt and shame consciousness from this blue and red system? Or are we gonna move into who we really are with full access into the kingdom? A kingdom that is now, a kingdom that you can behold, a kingdom that is being revealed by the mercy and graciousness of our Father. It's ours out of rest. It's ours out of a Sabbath rest, out of a seventh day it's ours and we can access in. We just be willing to behold him and wait on him. We live out of Zion, not out of Sinai, not out of that left and right thing, but out of the one, the glory of the worship of the man, Jesus Christ. Oh, this consummation is on us. A consummation of the capstone. Capstone, cornerstone, the way I look at it, same thing. So how does that? Because the pyramid is upside down. We've been trying to, you know, build stuff like this. The Lord's like, no, it's built like this. Capstone is your footing. Uh, Every other thing that I put my foot on is sinking sand. On, rock, on Christ the solid what? I stand. Everything else isn't gonna work anyways. We're fooling ourselves. Oh, y'all wanted a practical message? <laughs> you want something to practical? to give you three points and a poem today? No, I'm giving you vision. Vision that you can see into Vision that David knew when he said the blind and the lame are hated of David's soul. What? I don't like something that's not moving forward because there's no provision. I don't like something that doesn't have vision. I want vision. I'm accessing kingdom realm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? But faith is the, faith is the title deed hoped for. Title deed what? Title deed like we experience today. The objective proof of an unseen reality. I'll tell you this, I wanna make this clear. You will not see into the kingdom unless you allow yourself to be fully dependent and vulnerable before the Lord. Let me make that clear. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You want access in, you want to behold the double proof encounter, the objective proof so that you can bring a title deed into now reality, what? Allow yourself to be dependent. The Lord's not gonna make you an enforced dependency or vulnerability, but, but allow yourself. Allow yourself to not know. 
to not be run by that blue and red way of doing things. Allow yourself to only, only live your life out of the loving kindness and mercy of our Father. Allow yourself to wait before him and worship while the hesed of God comes down on your head and illuminates your understanding and turns you in a way that even you might have to do a debrief on because you didn't even know why you're standing in the position that you're in because your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been purchased for Calvary. You've been purchased by him. Allow yourself to be dependent. Allow yourself. It says this in Matthew, I think, 18 or 17. It says, allow yourself to become a little child. The disciples came to Jesus. They said, which is greatest among you in the kingdom of heaven? He takes a little child. He puts them in front of him. He said, the one that becomes a little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I thought that was crazy that Jeremiah called himself a little child and Solomon calls himself a little child because the great ones, the, the ones of access, full access are the most vulnerable and the most dependent and don't really know it. <laughs> They've moved out of the place of knowing and into the realm of being loved by our father. You want consummation, kingdom consummation? I know you do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Allow it. Him, allow him to let him, as Steve has said before, Brad Ames has said before, let him have his way with you. Let's stand together. Right now, Lord, I pray for the uh, for everything that is not like you to be like chaff in uh, our lives and to blow out right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, when uh, come in here and blow through this house and let the past be the past and let the new the new be the new. I pray you would run all that other stuff out like ashes that uh, flow out of our inner being. And oh, Holy Spirit. Blow in me and blow through me and blow through me. Blow through us, Lord. Uh, blow out it like the summer threshing floor and cause it to go out of me uh, for a kingdom, a kingdom that will is eternal. Um, everything that hinders love, everything that's not like you. Oh, Lord, I pray that you get it out of me. Uh, let it blow out of me. Get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. Oh, I want it, uh, this stuff that's been waiting in my body and my waiting in my mindsets and my consciousness. Ooh, uh, blow, Lord. Blow your wind and your fire through everything that is hindering my relationship with you and cause it to go out of me. I don't want any more part of it. I'll take no more consciousness of sin in my life. I don't want it. I'll take no more judgments of guilt based judgments and shame based judgments I'll take you I'll take you Lord I'll take you or I'll have nothing because you're the one that I want Lord you're the one I claim my vulnerability before you and my dependence on you and I ask you oh lead us lead us lead us Lord and guide our hearts out of your hesed your loving kindness is greater than life Oh, your mercies are new every morning. Oh, thank you for bringing us this far, Lord. 
Oh, thank you that we haven't held back or quit, but we've stayed with you, Lord. And we're going on and on and on with you, Lord. And moving on and on and on in you, Lord. Oh, moving on like you can walk through a wall. And moving on like you, oh God, you can jump over a troop and over a wall. Oh, yes, Lord. The breath of the Holy Spirit, wind, ruach of the Holy Spirit. Well, breathe in me a new life, a new fire, a new hope, a new joy. Mm. I know my Redeemer lives. <laughs> I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. Mm. Yes, Lord. Minister in this place right now. Think of it like this, little stuff, little stuff that's been saying, uh, particulated matter, things that have been in your thing that is going out of you right now. I declare this to you. Wind, flow, fire, fire, coming out of me, the old me, the part that's not me, that doesn't define me, that doesn't define who the Father says I am. And out of that particulated matter, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes are beholding him. And now my eyes are seeing, and I'm seeing maybe for the first time, and for the first time, and another first time, I'm seeing you again. Oh, I'm seeing you, Lord. Sing it, Stephen. Sing, Sing us a song. And while Stephen sings this song, uh, come up for communion. Guilt and the sin. 
Listen to this while I just share this with you. It's what I was looking for earlier. For heaven, the dwelling place of God, this newness would consist not so much in a change of heaven itself as in a difference of the experience of man with heaven. By virtue of this glorification, this metamorphosis, which perfects the divine image in him, man would have his eyes open to what hitherto was invisible. He would be able to apprehend the wondrous realities of the glory dimension previously beyond human kin. As a result of this ultimate unveiling, heaven would no longer be invisible space. The distinction between an invisible upper register of the cosmos and a lower visible register would cease. In that sense, that is, relative to man's experience of it, heaven would be revealed to man as an unveiled glory. And what had been like what we could not see, we would begin to behold. The riddle and the mystery wrapped in an enigma. Christ in you, Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory that would take the two registers of the upper and the lower, bring them together so that you could see in. Why? Christ in you would begin to behold the world of heaven around you. You would begin to see like he saw and you could advance. Listen, I had no idea about this until it's become real to me. I, I, I tell you of a truth. There's a beholding of the kingdom of heaven with your own eyes that are around you now. No, Carol, that's not true. No, that's just for seer prophets. No, no, that's for the consummation that's upon us that's at hand. Why? Because the divine nature that's in you begins to behold the world of the kingdom of heaven that's around you. Hey, let's stop setting the bar so low with the Lord when all the privileges of heaven are yours because of what he has done. Let's not keep saying, no, this can't be true, or just taking a Passover motif or even a Pentecost motif, but why not a tabernacle motif where God is union himself with us and we advance, the kingdom of heaven advances through us. <laughs> Welcome to the metamorphosis of the age. Welcome to the transfiguration. Welcome to Christ in you. No, the real hope of glory. <laughs> um, not some false hope, not some neglected hope, but no, the hope that is now. And, and why did he do this? He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. All particulated, particulated sin consciousness, out. Out of my mind, out of my heart, I take you, Lord. I take your body, your idea, your concept. You, you make me new. 
I'm new now. I'm new right now. I'm not trying to arrive at newness. My newness is now. Oh, now. Oh, you feel that? I believe you. (laughs) And he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lift your hands with me. I praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Oh, I honor you, Lord. And I magnify you, Lord, for what you've done today. We give you honor, glory, and praise. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're good. You're good, Lord. And you refresh our soul and you make everything new. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you for comforting Zion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Oh, this freed me from my sin. Oh. Thank you that you tabernacle with us, Lord. Thank you for your hesed, Lord. And thank you for your mercies, Lord. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. And I am his promised bride. I'm destined to wear white And my chest is full of hope And a dress and veil as snow And he said he'd come for me He'd know when I'm ready my heart is aching for the coming of the Lord. I must get ready now. And I must get ready now. I must get ready now. I must get ready now I must get ready now I must get ready now For behold my bridegroom comes Yes, behold my bridegroom comes Yes, behold Bridegroom, come. My lamp is shining bright with oil to last the night.